Hi, this is Dan Mendes from NextGen. Just finished interviewing Mark McLeod, the founder and CEO of Stoplight. Uh, Mark created Stoplight uh, as sort of a side hack for one of his clients uh, originally, uh, and then realized he had stumbled into a massive opportunity uh, for uh, people who develop APIs. I think Mark's story is fascinating. He's a relatively young entrepreneur. It's his uh, first time uh, as CEO, and I think he's growing a great company. We at NextGen are proud to be investors. And I hope you enjoy the conversation. Mark McLeod, founder and CEO of Stoplight. Thanks so much for spending a little time with me today. No problem. So let's start with what Stoplight is. Give us the overview. Sure. So uh, at Stoplight, we're helping kind of large and small organizations really embrace uh, web APIs and figure out kind of the transformation from um, old monolithic uh, SOAP-based services towards really exposing their data and, and leveraging APIs and microservices. And we have a bunch of tooling to help organizations do that. So uh, tell, tell us about the sort of the, the API world. When did, yeah. that, when did that first get started? Well, you know, give us the, the super fast history of the API. Sure. So um, kind of back in the early 2000s when organizations would build uh, you know, web applications. They would traditionally build them uh, very closed off, big single systems um, that didn't really have any standard for communicating with each other. So each system lives its own, own, in its own little sandbox. Um, and over time, you know, as, as things have become a bit more open and everything becomes a bit more connected, uh, they have had to figure out ways to allow these um, separate systems to talk to one another. And that's basically what APIs do is it's basically a, a contract or a way to expose data in one system so that another, um, another system or products can, can get access to it. So if you think about like Twitter, for example, um, and all of the third-party applications that are built around Twitter, uh, all of those third-party applications use Twitter's API to you know, log you in as a user or post something to your, to your account using Twitter's API. Um, and the transformation over time has been from these big open, uh, sorry, these big closed uh, systems to uh, these more modular, um, smaller systems that that really expose methods to third parties for getting data in and out of them. And that those methods are basically what APIs are. So they're kind of like the glue between separate systems um, that enable this sort of sharing. Is there any statistic that you like that helps capture the size of, of this world or the growth of, of APIs in general? Sure, so there's not really, I don't have any numbers offhand, but um, if you think about some of the buzzwordy uh, kind of industries of late, so Internet of Things, um, mobile apps, uh, SaaS products, so all of these industries, pretty much every Internet of Things device communicates with other devices or the cloud via APIs. So every one of those is powered by an API. Every mobile app, for the most part, if it's connecting to the internet, is connecting to the internet via APIs. Um, and then pretty much every SaaS product um, will be built around APIs. So it's almost like a superset. Uh, the API industry is almost like a superset of all of these other industries, and it's kind of behind the scenes. It's not really as uh, sexy, I guess, um, as like an Internet of Things or a uh, you know the mobile, the, the kind of mobile app industry, um, but it's you know a superset of those industries. Take us back to the idea. What sparked uh, Stoplight in the first place? So I, you know, my background is in engineering. Um, I've been programming for most of my life, and this is back in 2013, 2014. I was doing a lot of consulting, 
uh, technical consulting. And so I was helping clients work with products that were often built overseas in India um, or helping them to build new products. And most of my work kind of, you know, involved APIs. And oftentimes the APIs that had been built overseas uh, were terribly, just frankly, terribly built. And they weren't documented. They weren't tested. Um, there was really no way for me to really get into it quickly. So the first couple tools I built were really meant to help me get up to speed with um, APIs I was given by my clients uh, and understand how they worked. So they kind of the first iteration of Stoplight was a way for me to take pre-existing APIs and map them out, so basically document them, and then automatically basically build tests for them so that I could make sure that I wasn't breaking uh, you know, some other part of the API when, when I was working on the part I was supposed to be working on. So it really kind of came out of my work with clients um, and my work with APIs over the last you know, uh, four or five years. And what uh, led you to the decision to productize that and, uh, and turn it into a startup? Well, it was kind of natural. It was, um, I, so I built this little tool for myself. It was pretty ugly, ran it from my command line. Um, you know, some, some former colleagues of mine wanted to try it out. They thought it would be cool for their API. Uh, and so I, I gave it to them. They got it working. They said it was awesome. Uh, I put a coat of paint on it to make it a little, a little bit easier to use. And one of them shared it on Product Hunt. This is way back 2014 when Product Hunt was just getting started. Uh, and it did fairly well on Product Hunt. And that's when I started thinking about, okay, well, maybe there's a much broader application for this. Um, maybe I can expand outside of just documentation and testing. Um, and maybe there's a larger play to be had, you know, in the kind of tackling the full API lifecycle in, in a new and novel way. And that's when I started thinking about, hmm, maybe I should build a business around this. Maybe there's something there. And I started investigating um, the possibilities around, you know, taking it full time and, and building on a team and uh, really getting started with it. Well, let's go back to that product hunt story. Did your friend post it there without your knowledge or how did that happen? Yeah, so posted it there without my knowledge. I think it's still there. So it had like 90 votes, which at the time, it doesn't sound like a lot, but at the time, 90 votes, uh, you know, got you to the top of top of the day. Um, and that's actually when Techstars noticed us. So uh, they, I guess they, they, you know, they were looking at product on, they saw Stoplight, invited me to interview. Um, I went and interviewed and got in here in Texas, in Austin. Um, and that, the amount, the, kind of the money that, Techstars injected into, you know, this new company called Stoplight was what really let me uh, stop consulting and take it on full time and, and really tackle it as a as a business and figure out you know, how I wanted to approach this in the long run to build something really meaningful in the industry. So if whoever was on uh, was on Product Hunt from Techstars uh, a few years ago had just, you know, sneezed or something instead of seeing what you're doing, uh, <laughs> where do you think you'd be right now? Uh, well, frankly, I might still be in the same place. I don't know. Um, or I would be uh, working at another startup. So I'm very much a you know small company startup type of guy. I would either have started something else, started Stoplight anyways, or be working at um, you know another smaller company, I think, just doing CTO type work, technical work. It's really what I love to do. And I think this is the third company you founded. Is that right? Uh, so actually... This is, I've been involved at other startups, but this is the first company I've founded. So the other ones, I was either CTO or VP of engineering or some kind of, you know, early employee type deal. Um, but this is the first one I founded, my baby from the start, CEO, um, and, and, you know, really started from, from scratch, from zero. So what's it like being a first-time parent? <laughs> it's awesome and terrifying and 
you know, really a bit of a roller coaster, which is pretty normal, I think, in the industry. Um, but it's really exciting. We just moved into a new office here in Austin. Uh, you know, got the 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 money from NextGen and a handful of other investors and. Um, building out the team. So we're six strong now, five in Austin, hiring another uh, two to three, um, really ramping up uh, everything here at Stoplight. And it's really exciting. I'm sitting right now in a, you know, an empty, empty room, no furniture, but it feels good. How do you identify that team? Uh, so originally, actually, so the first two, three uh, employees were tech stars. So basically other companies fail at tech stars. It happens all the time. Uh, but the people at those companies are generally, you know, very, very good, uh, people and they are out of a job. And so, you know, it's a very nice, um, way to find quality people without having to pay a recruiter or really spend too much time searching, kind of just watch for the companies I know in Techstars to, uh, to fold or, um, let go, let go of people. And, and those are generally very good people. So the first couple came from, uh, Techstars companies um, that, uh, that needed a home. What do you wish you had known, uh, you know, three years ago when you started this that you know today? Huh? Good question. Um, I always knew it would be extremely difficult. Uh, how, probably how long I would be working out of my apartment with four or five other guys. Um, my apartment is not very big and we haven't had an office until now. And, you know, it was a long, a long a slog is the wrong word. It was really fun, but um, it was pretty challenging to get to this point. Uh, and, you know, if I had known back then, I probably would have tried to figure out arrangements to get an office sooner. But, um, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I kind of expected it to be a really, really difficult process, um, but it's been, you know, it makes it all the more rewarding. Yeah. So, um, so uh, at least from my perspective, I'm 38. You're relatively young. And I think <laughs> one of one of the reasons venture capitalists. I don't feel are, young. Yeah. Right. Not anymore. Um, I think one of the reasons I think that a lot of venture capitalists often back, you know, uh, you know, 20 somethings, is they don't know how hard it is. And that's actually often a good thing. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you know, you might be more, you know, more cautious or or shy away from some of the challenges. But uh, when you don't know, what you don't know, and you've got lots of energy. Yeah. And I have no responsibilities, right? I have a dog, but I don't have any kids. You know, I can I can work as long as I'm able to work, and I don't have to take a huge salary because again, no dependents. So yeah, I mean, young has its pros, has its cons. Um, but it certainly helped me kind of work really hard and, and on a pretty tight budget. So I want to go back to uh, how you decided to um, turn this into a real company. So you, you created um, a product that had some real value. Um, and then you're, you know, you're faced with a decision about how to spend your time, which has a lot of value. And I, you'd imagine you look out into the world and say, wow, there are a lot of other products out there for API developers. You know, what persuaded you that you were onto something that could compete in uh, a competitive market space? So at the time, uh, you know, before Stoplight was really a company, I had focused on the two little tools that I needed for my own work as an individual, which was documentation, uh, kind of automatic documentation for APIs and automatic testing. Um, there were and still are competitors, kind of point solutions in the space that do documentation or that do just testing. Um, 
And actually, when I started the company and got into Techstars and really evaluated, you know, what do I want to do with this company? How am I going to tackle this problem in the industry and really get this to a point where, um, you know, we rise above the existing players in the, in the market and really make something special? Um, it kind of boiled down to what I had done to date was not the right approach. And I decided to scrap um, the, the tooling that I had built, which was very ad hoc and kind of organic. So it wasn't really well planned anyways to, to really build a big business around um, and start from modeling. So the very, very beginning of the life cycle um, and approach the API problem as a life cycle problem instead of an individual solution problem and start from modeling and kind of the strategy and intent uh, from you know all the way back then to now, it's still the same strategy, um, is to build a full lifecycle solution starting from the foundation that is modeling and, and iterate on top of that. So you know, we started with the modeling tool that took about a year to build, we have by far the best modeling tool in the industry. And that forms the basis for the rest of the tooling that we're building on top of it um, that really takes advantage of that modeling foundation. So the automatic documentation from your models, the automatic tests from your models, automatic virtualization and mocking, we have some really cool stuff coming on the analytics front that'll utilize your models. Um, so that's really the difference between, or one of the major differences between us and some of the other players in the industry is we're taking a much more cohesive, holistic approach to uh, you know, API uh, lifecycle management rather than building just a testing product or just a documentation product. Um, we really kind of leverage and build upon the, the interesting ways that the different parts of the life cycle can em kind of empower each other. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the biggest differences between us um, and some of the other approaches being taken at other companies. And you're about to launch version three of the platform. What's that going to do that version two hasn't? Uh, a lot. But the two major things is one, it's, it's kind of enterprise ready. So we've been working with small to medium sized companies over the last 12 months. So we launched the beta of our of kind of version two, which is the first public version uh, in March of last year. So a little over a year ago. Um, since then, we've worked with a lot of companies of different sizes and learned a lot, particularly for the enterprise and the larger, older companies. And version three is on-premise ready. We already have it deployed at a bunch of kind of larger enterprises. Um, and uh, it has a lot more kind of enterprise-y type features packed in that, that really like governance, for example, um, that help these large organizations. Um, and then the other big piece to version three is uh, it, it's adding more pieces of the life cycle. So testing, you know, wasn't actually in version two, uh, it's in version three. Um, and then there's uh, a lot of stuff that we're working on around analytics that's gonna be in version three as well. Probably not for the first release at the end of next month, but uh, a bit after that. So it's kind of expanded feature set um, and much better support for large organizations and kind of their unique their unique needs that we've learned about over the last 12 months. Is this the kind of thing that, you know, if you're an API developer, you should have, or are there particular segments where there's greater value or, you know, that you, you know, you particularly focusing on? Yeah, it really depends on the organization and also kind of who you are as so your persona. Are you a QA developer? If so, you're probably, your world is probably testing. If you are a, um, back-end, front-end developer, you know, you might be involved with the modeling and the mocking side of things if you're a technical writer, documentation, et cetera. But all these teams work together, um, and our platform helps them work together to uh, get to, you know, a cohesive API strategy um, that's not super inefficient and that really ends up, you know, producing high-quality tests, high-quality documentation, you know, a good API program at your organization, et cetera. So if you're an individual developer, you can certainly use us. The larger the team, the, the kind of more people involved or the more APIs involved, obviously 
Um, there's increased overhead uh, and friction if you have lots of teams trying to talk to each other and, and coordinate or lots of APIs. And so our tooling becomes a little bit more valuable. But it's still valuable for the individual um, who needs to produce documentation for their API. Obviously, they wouldn't use like governance if they're, they're not going to govern themselves. Um, but uh, they can certainly use parts of our platform. So you, can, you don't have to buy into the whole thing while it is you know, a single cohesive platform. You can just use testing or just use you know, modeling. And then when you're ready, um, say you're the QA team and now all of a sudden you, you, know, you, you figure you might as well bring in the backend team since they're the ones defining the API, you can bring them in and they can start using the modeling tool to help you supercharge your tests essentially. So it it's kind of depends on who you are. Uh, how big your organization is and, and kind of which pieces of it you want to start with when you're getting started with our platform. So I, I often think there are kind of a, diff, a few different kinds of entrepreneurs and how they think about where, you know, where their company is and why they're doing it. So there's some who would say, I'm doing this because I want to, you know, take over the world in some domain. And I think what I'm building is incredibly special and I want to, you know, run this company and as long as possible and make it as big as possible and as important as possible. That's one category. Second category is uh, I want to optimize what I'm doing for uh, financial returns. And, you know, if that and if it turns out someone comes along and, and gives me a good offer, you know, to be acquired, I'll uh, I'll take it and I'll go on to the next thing. And other people will say, uh, you know, I just want to build cool shit. And, uh, and if I have an opportunity to do it here, that's great. And, and otherwise, you know, I could do it somewhere else too. Uh, and there's some other, other variations as well. But curious, you know, we don't ha where do you see yourself um, in that framework? So a little bit of one, three, and then two. So, you know, ultimately, I, I think that the – I love APIs. I love web development. It's what I've been doing my whole life. So I love building cool shit. And this is, to me, this is cool shit. Um, so first and foremost, this is, you know, my baby, I'm a product guy, I'm an engineer. I still do, you know, a, a large part of the programming for our product. Um, so I love building it. Uh, but at the same time, I think that this industry as a whole, it, it's older than you think, even though there's a lot of transformation happening right now. Um, and there are a lot of older, you know, 10 years, 15 years old companies in this space that have focused mostly on production. Their technology is extremely antiquated, it's very old, and they are very slow moving to build tooling around kind of this shift towards microservices, this shift towards APIs in general. Um, and there's a huge opportunity in the pre-production space, all the tooling around the management and the development of APIs, and that's what we're tackling now. We think we can uh, you know, saturate and dominate this part of the life cycle, and that would kind of gives us a very nice wedge and position into production where there are, frankly, there's more dollars in production. Um, and, but there's also more competition, naturally, because there is more dollars there and there are older players there. But we think that you know, building this technology in the pre-production stack and then using that as a wedge into production over the next five years is going to allow us to, to really make our dent on this API industry, which is gigantic. Um, so it's a bit of you know, building a... Uh, platform and a company that is you know, first and foremost in the uh, the industry we're playing in, which is very much the kind of software API industry. Um, it's I love building it. I'm a I'm a builder, um, and then obviously I think naturally you know if we can accomplish one and two, the financial returns will come. But it's not really um, you know priority number one at the moment. Um, we think build the products, dominate the industry equals financial returns. Um, so. That's kind of the order that I think about those those things. 
Mark, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Oh, no problem. Thank you, Dan.